Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back yet again to a bonus episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you're following along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. That's right. Bonus episode time because we had so many voicemails to get to. David, let's dive right in. What's up, boys? Todd from Boston. I know everybody's going to say what they want to say about Jameis Winston, but really, uh, I just want to take a moment to commend the defense for the Bucks. Uh, I think they held San Fran to about 250 yards. Uh, the offense for San Fran was only really able to put up about six points, like, on their own without the help of the Bucks offense. So, I mean, I think the defense did good. I mean, granted, I know it's the 49ers, but um, just want to commend them for that. And I also just want to point out that Juan Alexander is a real D-bag for, for his move. I mean, I don't know what his relationship was with Winston, but you got to think Winston is an embodiment of what the Bucks are. And I know the Bucks, you know, they couldn't give him all the money that he wanted, but I mean, that's the, that's the organization that gave you a chance in the NFL and, and you can't be making moves like that. Love the show, guys. Thanks. All right, Tyler, good to hear from you, buddy. Yeah. I mean, the defense should be commended and, and David, I'm going to take this opportunity to kind of, how can I, how can I phrase this? The people that were on Twitter complaining about where's Devin white? Why did we draft Devin white? I'll go back and I'll watch the all 22, but from everything that I saw, Devin White had a good game. He finished with the third most tackles on the team. He had a crucial third down stop that forced the 49ers to punt from their own three yard line. You also have to remember Devin White was dropping into coverage. You know whose name we didn't really hear a whole lot after the first drive? George Kittle. I wonder how often... Devin White had to drop back and cover George Kittle. Again, hard to tell from the TV broadcast, have to look at the All-22. But if Devin White was dropping back and covering one of the best tight ends in football who didn't really finish with an eye-popping stat line, he had a real good game. So people that are wanting to whine and cry about, you know, still about the Bucks drafting an inside linebacker at number five instead of Josh Allen or or whoever – yeah, you all need to chill. You know, I, I thought that Todd Bowles generated some solid pressure. They only had the one sack. It was a great sack by my dude Shaq Barrett, but they were generating pressure up the middle. They were forcing Garoppolo to release the ball faster than he wanted to. They were forcing him to get antsy and, and throw passes away or throw errant passes. It's unfortunate that they couldn't take advantage of that a little more by, by causing more turnovers. But the one that they did turned into a touchdown by Vernon Hargraves. So as the season goes on and they're, they're doing more and more of this and Todd Bowles is coming up with more and more ways to generate that pressure and, and come at quarterbacks with, with blitzes from every possible angle, they're only going to continue to get better. No, the defense is great and there's absolutely no problems with Devin white. Listen, at the, at the end of the day, and this isn't going to help make anybody who wanted Josh Allen or whoever else feel any better, but Devin White is the second best interior linebacker on this team. He's not the best interior linebacker on this team. No, uh, that's Levante David is. Now, yeah. what Devin White is doing is he's out there. He's only calls. He's making the adjustments as he sees them. And let me tell you something. Uh, something that I studied when I did the uh, Know Your Enemy Jimmy Garoppolo piece um, for BucksNation.com before the game, something about Kyle Shanahan's offense, which I kind of knew from his time in Atlanta, but it really stuck out with San Francisco. 
is how much movement this team likes to use. Go back to the early part of that game. The Buccaneers got gashed a little bit on some crosses, on some rubs, on some picks. They got a lot better as the game went on. And yeah, a lot of that has to do with Todd Bowles and those position group coaches. But guess who's the guy on the field making those live adjustments and making sure that all those veteran players and some of those younger players who are still older than he is are in the right place. George Kittle, eight catches for 54 yards. This is supposed to be the guy who's challenging Travis Kelsey as the best tight end in the National Football League. Eight catches, 54 yards on 10 targets. That's a pretty good day. And for tight ends, that's a pretty good day for the middle of your defense, which is your linebackers, which Devin White is. And if he's not the one physically covering, he's the one getting them lined up and getting them in the right place. So Devin White did fine. All right, next caller. Hey, guys, Joe, Joe from Ocala. Uh, frustrating, frustrating game to watch. Hey, man, you were right about Juan Alexander when you had the guy from San Francisco 49ers that he was going to be piped up and he was going to make a mistake. Yeah, I could. Uh, my immediate thought was, thinking back to that podcast, when you said he was going to be all amped up and make a mistake and... That was, that was a big one for him. Um, you know, the Winston thing, is, I don't know, I'm, I'm 50-50 on it. I know you're pretty upset about it, but, you know, the, the receivers have got to catch the ball. They, you are paying these guys a serious amount of money. You know, O.J. Howard, I mean, a fumble in the red zone, you know, a pass that should be caught. You know, Mike Evans admits that he was supposed to run a hot route, you know, on the Peyton Barber pick, and, you know, if Mike Evans' first catch, he gets mugged, it's like, he just has a horrible game to me. I, I don't know. I don't know if he just pouts and then he's done for the run. I, I don't know. He just, Mike Evans makes me very nervous. If his first catch of the game isn't a good one, I know that he's going to have a bad game. It seems to be that way, at least, in my opinion. Um, yeah, the positives, of course, the running game. And I actually thought the defense played well. I mean, you know, if JPP ever comes back, and I, I personally thought the offensive line played well. I mean, I hear, you know, some people said they didn't. Some people said you know, they did. I personally thought they played well. Um, I do want to see, you know, how worried are you guys about Winston and and – the future, and I guess we will be informed on that very quickly Thursday night. And if Jameis comes back and just has a amazing game, are you guys is your confidence in in him back, or are you still where where is this going to go the following week? Yeah. Love the podcast, guys. You always do a great job. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you very much for the call. And yeah, you you're not the first person to mention that that comment on the crossover Wednesday episode about Quan being overhyped and and making a mistake. So, you know, the way that Quan Alexander is, we've seen it for years. He gets so excited for these games and you know, early on especially, it it causes him to make mistakes. He's over pursuing, he's missing tackles, he's blowing coverages. You know, and then once he settles down later into the game, you know, he he's really really good. So, yeah, the the combination of coming back to Tampa and facing the Bucks and the first game of the season and the first quarter of the first game of the season, it was the perfect storm for Quan to do something stupid, and he did. Yet somehow he got the game ball. I don't, I don't understand that. But hey, you know, I wish him well the rest of the season. I have no ill will towards Quan Alexander. Go get paid, young man. You know, you you got a great contract offer from the Niners. Take it and run with it, man. Do your thing. As far as Mike Evans, I'm not I'm not concerned about Mike Evans at all. I don't think he was 
he was disinterested in the game because of lack of early targets. And that's something that I had, I had talked about David. It might've been all the way back on our walking the plank podcast, you know, that it, it seemed like you had to get, you had to get Evans involved early or he kind of tapered off and had one of her, one of his, you know, less productive games that I don't believe that's the case at all. Number one, anymore. Uh, and number two, especially against the 49ers, this guy was just straight up sick. You know, he's out there in, you know, a hundred plus degree heat with the, with the heat index and the humidity. He's puking all over the sidelines. He's been fighting the flu off for four days. He just wasn't himself. He wasn't at full speed. He was out there busting his butt, trying as hard as he could. But unfortunately, as hard as he could in that situation was about 60% Mike Evans, not 100% of Mike Evans. So it, it did make it look a little worse, I think, than it truly was. And David, I pointed this out on the pick six column at BucksNation.com. Sunday's game was Mike Evans' fewest receiving yards in a game since December 10th of 2017. You know, the guy's nails, but when you're sick with the flu in the Tampa heat, it's, it's not a great combination. So, you know, don't worry about Mike. Don't worry about him at all. And, uh, the last thing that I'll point out, Dave, before I hand it off to you is, is yeah, I definitely was upset about, about Winston yesterday. We recorded maybe about 30, 40 minutes after the game. It was still fresh. It was still frustrating. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was going to let it fly. You know, that's, we we try to be informative and entertaining, and I figured there was a lot of Bucks fans out there that felt the same way that I did about Winston's performance. I had uh, Matt, buddy, you know, buddy listener Matt from Morvin, Georgia. Uh, he DM me and he said, "You nailed it." That is exactly how I felt about Winston. So I knew there were people that were out there that were going to be shaking their heads yes and saying, "You know, you nailed it." There were other people shaking their heads no, like James, bro, relax, dude, like. It's okay. And and that's fine. You know, we we try to be informative and entertaining and I I kind of felt that I fell on the uh the entertaining half during that rant yesterday. I mean, I was entertained. I'm sure you were. <laughs> um so I'll start there. Uh, as far as Jameis is concerned, I'm not worried about Jameis Winston. Uh listen, oh, I'm still worried about Jameis Winston. I'm but... not worried about Jameis Winston is who Jameis Winston has always been. He is a guy with a really strong arm with some accuracy issues and some decision-making flaws. And that is what he is always going to be. The challenge, like those things are never going away, guys. Like if we're waiting for a day where Jameis Winston just never makes a stupid decision, if we're waiting for a day where Jameis Winston can hit all the deep passes, if we're waiting for a day where Jameis Winston isn't a guy who's going to go out there and wants to gamble on every single, like he wants to trust his receivers on every single play, that is never going to happen. What we're waiting on is a more mature, matured through experience, Jameis Winston, to come along and kind of harness the youthful energy, uh, but but bring some aged wisdom into that. And again, he's he's 25 years old. Like that time is coming for Jameis Winston. The question isn't whether or not that time is going to come. The question is, is Jameis Winston going to get an opportunity to be uh, an opportunity to be a starting quarterback in the NFL? When it comes, look at Robert Griffin, the third right now, RG three today is so much smarter and so much, so much more efficient as a quarterback than RG three was with the Washington Redskins. The difference is RG three is not getting a starting opportunity anywhere unless that team is forced into it. 
So those lessons that he's learned now as a little bit of a wiser quarterback would serve him greatly as a starting quarterback in the, in the National Football League. But he fell off so much uh, from the from the time that he got drafted and, and was rookie of the year and all that stuff that that opportunity is never going to come outside of just injuries. You know what I mean? So that's the question with James. That's the only that's the only question about James is is James going to run James going to run out of opportunities to be a starting quarterback in the National Football League before his maturity and wisdom from experience catches up with his physical ability. That's the only question. And that's not a question I can answer, so I'm not going to worry about it. That's the challenge that Bruce and Byron have is to mature him at an accelerated rate. And that's something that I don't think Dirk Cutter did is Dirk attempt to mature this man as a quarterback. Um that's why I'm not worried about Dirk Cutter. Uh, what else did he bring up? Um, a lot, there's you mean a lot of why you're that. not worried about Jameis Winston? That's what I said. I'm not worried about Jameis Winston. You, you said um, Dirk Cutter. Falcons lies. fans stop are worried with, about with Dirk your Cutter. Lies. Stop with your lies. They should be worried about <laughs> Dirk Cutter. Um, <laughs> Quan Alexander, listen, I, I, I wholeheartedly, um, that was 100% what James said on the Locked On uh, or the crossover episode with Brian Peacock, is that's Quan being super amped up, super, super fired up. First game back from his ACL. Uh, it's with a new team because his former team didn't want to pay him the money that he felt like he deserved. So he went to a team that did uh, put him on the field. And now he has opportunity in front of their home fans to show them all why they should have, why they made the wrong decision. So yeah, he's out there going hundred miles an hour and he made a stupid decision. He made a stupid play zero ill will towards James Winston. As far as I'm, as far as I understand, I don't think that there was anything malicious about that, uh, about that play receivers. Yeah, uh, I mean, Chris Godwin had a drop on the first drive, first third, first third down of the game. Um, I understand the ball was a little bit behind him, and I understand that, you know there was a defender right on top of him at the markers. But uh, this is this is you know I love Chris Godwin, but this is a guy that we're talking about making that next step. This is a guy we're talking about having a breakout season. Listen, if the ball hits you in the hands, if you if you're going to be one of the best receivers in the game, if the ball hits you in the hands, you got to catch it. Period. Like I don't, I don't care uh, if if there is a defender draped on you. I don't care if you're on the sideline. I don't care if it's behind you. If the ball hits you in the hands, you have to catch it if you're going to be one of the best receivers in the game. And Chris Godwin wants to be one of the best receivers of the game in the game. But yeah, and then Mike Evans. I mean, Mike Evans has never gotten separation. Like Mike Evans and separation have never been his, like that's never been his strong suit. His strong suit has always been fighting through contact, fighting through competition, and winning winning the ball or winning the rep, even though uh, he's against physical competition. I will tell you though, I've kind of been waiting for the opportunity to really bring this out. And it really doesn't mean anything. It's not going to change anything, obviously. But when I found out that Mike was playing, uh, was active for the game, obviously I'm happy because anytime Mike Evans is on the team, on the field, your team has an advantage because the defense has to account for him with more than just one player. But I was worried. And I was worried because something that we've been talking about all offseason preseason is this team has a solid group of wide receivers and receiving weapons, including their tight ends and some of their running backs. I almost wonder, like, I really do kind of feel like, and again, it's hindsight, so it's not going to change anything, but I almost wonder if they should have made Mike Evans inactive yesterday or uh, Sunday. I I really do. I really feel like, you know, if if they make Mike Evans inactive, you know, my assumption is you make Scotty Miller active. You put him on the active roster. You got Chris Godwin, Brashad Perryman, Justin Watson, Bobo Wilson, Scotty Miller out there as your receivers. OJ Howard's out there as your tight end with Cameron Brait. I mean, that's that's pressure, right? That's pressure. You're putting pressure on people, and you're and you're challenging them to be better, and you're challenging them to step up. Chris Godwin becomes your number one. It's the first opportunity in his career to be a number one receiver on the field. Rashad Perryman comes in there as your number two. Bobo's playing in the slot. You know Bobo Bobo is motivated. Guys like OJ Howard, they know they got to pick it up a little bit. They got to lock in a little bit harder than they usually do. Guys like Cam Brate, 
Same thing. They know they got to step up. And then Scotty Miller's out there, I mean, knowing that he's active basically because Mike Evans is sick. So how many more opportunities is he going to have to be active? Now, on the flip side of that, it could also lead to Scotty Miller taking a screen, fighting for his life, and then getting stripped from the football because he refuses to go down. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's definitely a potential downside of that. But I just I just feel like that that maybe, you know, sometimes these guys have a warrior mentality, and, and I applaud it, and I love it. Um, but sometimes they have that warrior mentality to the detriment of themselves. And, and I almost wonder if if yesterday might have it might have been a smarter, smarter decision to sit Mike Evans, tell him, hey, stay home or, you know, if you want to come to the game, fine. But you're going to be sitting there with an IV and getting some fluids, getting some meds, get better because we got a quick turnaround. Because, I mean, I've had to go to work with the flu. I mean, this is probably too much information, but I had to work. I, I had to run missions in Afghanistan for two days with dysentery. And believe me. Uh, the the two three days after that were not good. <laughs> that was a very uh, unwise. Uh, it was I didn't have an option, so it wasn't a decision. But that was not a good thing for my my condition at the time. Mike Evans cannot feel good today. Today on Monday when we're recording, he cannot feel good, and I don't know if he's going to feel better tomorrow. And there's a game Thursday on the road. You know what I mean? So, I mean, if if this like it, it's it's there's a potential that this not only could this team have potentially stepped up in a better situation and given some guys some opportunities if they had sat Mike Evans yesterday, but it also would have given him a chance to not go out there and exert all that physical energy, which his body needs to heal and and get over this illness and potentially make him healthier for the game in Carolina. So, I mean, again, there's no way for me to sit here and say it would have been better. I just, it's something I thought about at the time when we found out Mike was going to be active. It's something I thought about when I saw him retching on the sideline. And it's something I thought about a few times during the game, seeing him kind of run a little bit less energy. I saw him drop a couple passes that he normally would have caught. Uh, I didn't see him really fighting as much as he usually does. You know what I mean? I just and I don't blame the guy for being sick, but I mean, yeah, it, it might have been a, a smarter decision to sit him. But again, hindsight. So what are you gonna do? All right, David. Let's go ahead and get over to the. Is this the the final caller? Yes. All right. Hey guys, what's up? It's Josh from Georgia. I just wanted to say, um, you know, all the fan base just needs to kind of calm down and all these uh, pages for Tampa Bay. It needs to kind of calm down because it's just, first of all, it's one game. Everybody's rusty. You know, first four weeks of the season are always really weird. Um, another thing is, it's just Jameis Winston. A lot of people like to blame it on him. Um, you know, he did have a bad game, I will admit. But, you know, Jameis has always been the type of guy to let his receivers go get the one-on-one or maybe even double coverage balls. He's very aggressive. Um, just like his coach, you know, no risk and no biscuit. Um, it's another reason why not only does he throw a lot of interceptions, but he also sets records for the team. He sets passing yards, you know, touchdown passes, because he does give people the opportunity for that. So I just wanted to drop it and just, you know, let everybody know that, you know, it's not the end of the world. I think Jameis just needs to focus on when to be aggressive and when to be conservative. And once he figures that out, I think we'll start winning and we'll be playoff bound. Um, other than that, guys, that's all I got for that. Um, Ronald Jones looked fantastic. Uh, Peyton Barber, I think all their running backs look great. Um, but other than that, you know, the receivers really didn't get that open. Chris Godwin did his thing, but, you know, everybody's rusty, like I said, and I think we'll, uh, we'll get there. But, uh, thanks, guys, once again. Josh from Georgia, like I said, and uh, have a good day. Go Buck. All right. Thank you very much for the call. And, yeah, okay, we're – I'm not sure if this is exactly what you were referring to, but you've led me to make a public service announcement to the Locked On Bucks listeners. So here we go. <clears throat> Locked On Bucks listeners, 
let me steer you in the right direction. If you are on Facebook and you are a member of any, literally any Buccaneers fan pages on Facebook, leave them. Buccaneers fan pages on Facebook is a gigantic cesspool of some of the worst, most ignorant, most ill-informed, and most idiotic takes I have ever seen. And they only seem to get worse. I saw people arguing over who the Buccaneers should take with a number one draft pick in 2020 because of how they played against the Cowboys in the fourth preseason game. That's where we were. So again, if you are on Facebook and a member of any Buccaneers fan pages on Facebook, leave them. Now, I'm not talking about pages for websites. I'm not talking about like the Bucks Nation Facebook or Pewter Report or Bucks Report is a great one. They do live video streams pretty much on a daily basis. Those kind of pages, like those, follow those. Just stay out of the comment section. Again, cesspool of ignorance. It's, oh God, it's so bad. And that's really all I have to say, David. Um, I'm not in any Bucks Facebook groups on Facebook. Don't join. So I, I can't really comment on that, but I've been hearing a lot of bad things about them. Uh, There's actually a Twitter account now. I, I don't know the handle. I'll have to look it up. But the entire account is Bucks fans of Facebook where they take screenshots of the stupidity to post on Twitter. That's how bad it's gotten. Now that I might follow. Uh, you have to send that Oh, to it's me. hilarious. Listen, I mean, at the end of the day, guys, I mean, every everybody has the right to be the kind of fan that you want to be. You know, I mean, chef, like like for you, for example, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, tell you what to do or tell you what to tell, you know, what kind of Bucks fan to be. I'm just trying to to show you maybe a, a happier path. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, you guys are going to take take what we say, you know, with whatever grain of salt you give it and and, and all that. And, uh, you know, and, and that's fine. There, there's room for disagreement on this. James and I, uh, I, well, I speak for myself. I think James agrees that we want to make very clearly. There's nothing wrong with you guys calling in, disagreeing with anything that we say, or calling it with a take that we are going to disagree with. Doesn't mean we don't want you to listen. Doesn't mean we don't value your opinion. Doesn't mean we don't want you calling in. Uh, you know, even even uh, further. But I, I, I would I would caution anybody in in any walk of life by anything, whether it's football or anything else. I would caution you about going too far too fast. Uh, you know, in the moment, in the immediate aftermath, it happens. We all, everybody gets emotional. Everybody, you know, it's it's harder to to swallow minutes after seeing, you know, a screen pass go back for a pick six that puts the game away uh, in in the final minutes of the game. That's hard to do, um, but have these abilities to to come back, and and that's why we do these things. Uh, uh, like we said in in the in the first episode, that's why we come back and do a second batch of reactions because. Now we've all had some time to watch again. We've all had time to watch with, with the the knowledge of hindsight, and you know, and everything's always better when you're looking back at it. So, uh, I think I think it's a good it's a good exercise. Something I will say, kind of my last thoughts on the Buccaneers in Week One as we get ready to move forward to Week Two. I've kind of always had this theory at, at work when I when I go to work that you know I, I try to be 
you know, as a leader, I try to be the guy that comes in every day and, you know, I'm the guy that's kind of turned on and, and I'm there if, if one of my people needs to be picked up or if one of my people needs, you know, a kick in the butt to, to get going for the day that I'm, I'm, I'm able to, to provide that energy and provide that, that, uh, that guidance or whatever you want to call it. But even, even me and everybody, we all have bad days. We all have days where we need somebody to pick us up. We all have days where we just, we don't have the same juice that we normally have. And we need somebody to bring a little bit extra juice for us today to help us get right or to, you know, help the organization be successful. The Buccaneers yesterday had way too many people just not bringing juice. Um, Again, some of it was not really their fault. You know, like can't blame Mike Evans for having the flu. Can't blame Devin White for having, what did they say he had, like laryngitis or something. These things happen. Talked about earlier, like every single drive, every single quarter, there was something. I mean, first drive is a blocked punt. Second drive, uh, they had a third and seven, you know, and, and it turns into a third and 12 uh, because of a penalty. You know, the, the fumbles, the interceptions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just one of those days where, you know, the Buccaneers showed up to work. And when somebody else, you know, somebody else needed somebody to have more juice to pick up the juice they weren't bringing, there was nobody there to bring them. You know, there was nobody to bring them, nobody there to bring it up. And it was of, you know, Jameis did fine in the first half, didn't do so hot in the second half. OJ looked better in the second half, but didn't do so well in the first. It's just, I don't know, man, hashtag it's a Bucks life. You know what I mean? It was just one of those days where, and it's it's Murphy's law, right? It, whatever the Bucks needed to go wrong to keep them from winning that game went wrong at the wrong time. Thing, if if that's really the reason this team lost this game, then I'm confident moving forward that they're going to look better. They're going to do better. That doesn't mean we're going. You know, the Bucks the Bucks are going to the playoffs. It just means they're going to look better. And that's right now. That's all I'm looking for. All right. Well, David, that is going to do it for us. If you would like to have your thoughts or questions or conspiracy theories heard on the program, make sure you're calling us at 813-444-5841. But for all of you who are new to the program, we have had an influx of some new listeners. Last year, David and I did a little giveaway where if you called us with a voicemail, you were entered into a drawing. Every time your voicemail was played on the podcast, your name was entered in to said drawing. So you could have multiple entries. We're going to do it again. So anyone who calls in with a voicemail that gets on the show will be entered into the drawing. Here are your restrictions. We need your name. We need these voicemails under 60 seconds because we are going to start getting more voicemails and we need them to be shorter. So you guys got to stay in that in that 60 second range. Please, please, please. At the end of the season, whenever the Buccaneers season ends, whether that's regular or postseason, David and I will draw for a winner of a $100 NFL shop gift card. Last year, we gave away an autographed Quan jersey. We're not going to curse a Buccaneer that way again. So we're going to let you guys pick your own prize. But call us through the voicemail. If you're on the show, you're in the drawing. Winner gets a $100 gift card to NFLshop.com. Please make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Tomorrow, we will be joined by Bill Rossetti of the Locked On Panthers. That's right. We're on to the Panthers, guys. On to the Panthers. So Bill Rossetti and I will be doing the Crossover Wednesday episode to preview that game. 
But until then, hope you all have a terrific Tuesday, and thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.